Hello there. You're listening to Local Bops, a music podcast about artists, community, and craft. And I'm your host, Connor Beckett. I spend a lot of time on this podcast talking about the intersection of the city of New York and the craft of my guests, which is only natural. This is, after all, a local music podcast. But on this episode with indie duo Miles and Becca Robinson, aka Drug Couple, the conversation, for the first time, focused on the ways folks can flourish, both as artists and individuals, when you finally get away from the five boroughs. Miles and Becca left New York for a long weekend at the inception of the coronavirus pandemic for Vermont. And while their time away from the Big Apple ended up being longer than they anticipated, they currently split their time between Brooklyn and there, it was an experience that informed the idyllic, triumphant tone behind their most recent effort, Stoned Weekend. On this episode, we chatted at length about getting away from it all, but we also talked about Miles's untapped calling as a cult leader, predicting the end of the world, Yola Tango, and how to know you're exactly where you should be. And as always, my guests were kind enough to perform some stripped-down versions of their songs for our enjoyment. Take a listen. So the last time we chatted, uh, we talked a lot about how dichotomies between the two of you uh, inform the music that we hear on the Little Hits EP and by extension, Choose Your Own Apocalypse. I was just wondering, I thought it was like an interesting, you know, point of discussion as it relates to y'all's career a couple of years ago. But I was wondering if you still feel like that uh, these dynamics and like a degree of opposites between the two of you still play into your collaborative process. Yes and no. I, I think, mean, I go ahead. I think less so. Maybe mm-hmm. yeah. you know we're married now, so yeah. uh, we agree on everything. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, no, I think over time, being in a band together and playing music together, it's, we've probably merged more. Mm-hmm. I feel like, hmm, how do I put this? I feel like when we first started writing together. I was somewhat new still to songwriting and I felt very, I don't know. I think I felt like I had to like put my flag in the ground and really be like, now I feel like I enter into that with, with less feeling like I have to hold on to whatever I came into that like writing session and more of like a sense of just, we're going to create something together and do whatever works. Yeah. Whatever works. And I used to be so precious about, lyrics and just like miles might be like oh well you know we should cut that verse or this or that and i'd be like oh but the story and it's so important. now i'm i'm much less precious about that and i'm just like yeah if that makes the song better that's what we should do yeah everything evolves we've just been a band too for a while those first two things we recorded before we'd ever really played a show together mm-hmm. we just kind of made them both in the studio mm-hmm. since then we've played for years together and I think that just changes a lot of stuff. Becca's a much more flexible and talented musician now. Mm-hmm. Has a lot more reps, and so it's a, things are a little bit more organic. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it tends to grow from the same place. And also, in terms of, we come from very different places in our life, but the more time you spend having built a mm-hmm. life with a person and inhabiting the world together, I think it. Yeah. There's, there's less difference between us now than there was before oh, because yeah. we share so, so much of a space and so much of a yeah. thing here. Yeah. 
that said, I, I still think that like what's cool and like what's I love about Drug Couple is that we are two songwriters and there's always going to be like distinct perspectives that oh, we yeah, each bring. Yeah. yeah, like one person's songs are always going to be slightly better. Than <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. This just reminded me, I forgot late last night I wanted to invite Greg today. I just remembered it now. That's too late. He, I know. I wanted him on Morocco for Ben and Bongo. Thematically, Stoned Weekend feels a little bit more optimistic than what we encountered on Choose Your Own Apocalypse. Interesting. Mm. I know um, a lot of these songs were sort of written concurrently, but I was just wondering if you could walk us through the transition like from the first sort of, I mean, I guess it's an EP, even though it's six tracks, it's kind of that nether space between EP and LP at that mm-hmm. point. Um, if you could just walk us through like the transition of, or if, if there was no change, like just the what happens going from Choose Your Own Apocalypse mm-hmm. into Stoned Weekend. Well, by and large, I feel like the little hits and Choose Your Own Apocalypse stuff, we stirred up a lot of it in like 2016, right, when we first started writing together. Mm-hmm. And there was a few pieces that came over the next couple of years, but it was mainly very uh, representative to us of a specific time period. And I think that there's a little bit of overlap with Stone Week, and there's a couple tracks that we started that have a vague overlap with that time period. But by and large, they, they just hail from a totally different period of time and different period of our lives I feel like and I'll also say like you mentioned before that idea of sort of like building a a world and like inhabiting that world together and you know for us I mean making Stoned Weekend we we very much did it in a space in a time you know we had built this studio at the beginning of the pandemic and it felt very like organic to that space Mm -hmm. and um that space is also one that like is super creative and we both have a tendency to like get in there and it just feels good to write in Mm -hmm. there in terms of like manifesting things or being an Mm -hmm. idea i feel like very much a lot of the songs on stone weekend ended up being this kind of leaving the city theme or leaving life and starting a new life it's very pastoral Mm -hmm. and it had that feeling even when we were writing stuff in this because we were going up to vermont and kind of imagining what life would be up like up there. And then the pandemic kind of just forced that to become a reality. Yeah. So it's it's weird to the degree that it sounds optimistic. It's maybe like a having an idea of a way that you could live and then like being shoved into it and being like, oh, this is actually quite nice. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. I, I don't miss the bodega sandwiches at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so... You know, it's funny. It's it's just funny. You said optimistic. I don't think I've I've have ever had anything that I've ever done described as optimistic. Yeah, I guess I wouldn't necessarily. I'm not an optimist. I guess is yeah. what I'm trying to we, say. Well, we, we know we, this about Miles. We yeah. well, we talked about this last time we <laughs> interviewed. How that was one of the um, sort yeah. of differences, key differences yes. between you as personalities. Yeah. This optimism, pessimism, yeah. uh, in and where you meet in the middle. That sort of yeah. synthesis and forming. Yeah what drug couple is as a project in many ways yeah 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 i mean i guess in terms of that take on like i'm I'm thinking about the album now and like i think it feels to me like like it feels like there's space and that's how we felt once we got to vermont is all of a sudden we had all of this space and all of this like fresh air and all of this time and so that to me feels like a very positive thing that i hear on there um, but obviously we also made it during well, I, this. I'm thinking about it more now though, too, because, you know, over my long recording career is often like very 
dark sentiments with a triumph with triumphant sound. Right. Which yeah. is a place I identify that life is very bad, but nonetheless we must carry on. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about like the lyrics. It's like missed our chance. I, know, I was just thinking about we missed our chance. chance. We don't have to live. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like lemon trees, but like suffused yeah. with a, a spirit. Yeah, definitely. I think. I think we were feeling pretty good relatively yeah. when we made the record. So if it, if it's an optimistic feeling, it's there's definitely that spirit in there. We mm-hmm. were. We had so much fun yeah, making we had a the lot record. Of fun. We had so much fun. I mean, having a BR project and working on it, just the two of us. And then we got Greg up there in the summer and we just had the best, like, we're just a band in the middle of the woods. Greg came up for like a week. Tape. He ended up staying for like three weeks. Yeah, he was supposed to come for a few days. Yeah, he's just like never left. Yeah. And then we'd like go and swim during the day or kayak or whatever. And it felt very much like that quintessential, like we're a band making a record and we have all the time in the world to do it, yeah. which was like really incredibly precious and cool. Very different than being a band in New York, trying to grind yeah. one out after work in a studio, right, which yeah. is what I've done so much of over the course of my life. And it's just... And like Choose Your Own Apocalypse and Little Hits, both we were doing in the margins. Like mm-hmm. we yeah. were squeezing in like days here nights there like it wasn't that same like dedication and focus, yeah which, which is a really nice way to record yeah yeah well on that note let's shift gears a little bit for a second into the first song that Sorry. drug couple yes excellent segue uh <laughs> that uh drug couple has performed for us on today's episode uh which we just mentioned earlier uh, missed our chance. Uh, can you provide just a little bit of context before we all bend our ears and give it a listen? Um, just a little bit of insight into this track, something that we might not glean from a cursory listen. Uh, it's. I don't know that I have much to contextualize it. It's one of the older ones, I feel like, on the record, maybe? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Ish. so. Um, it's a theme I've explored many times in my life, which is the feeling of having a missed the good part of his of history which is a funny preoccupation because i've been feeling that way for about 20 years and it's a perpetual thing it's like ah just missed it Don't wanna die. That's just some dumb 
So the last time we spoke, uh, we discussed how you wanted to release music, quote, before the impending apocalypse. Um, Now we had that discussion in December of 2019, Mm -hmm. uh, and then 2020 rolled around, and you were right on the money. As such, um, I have to ask, what are your predictions for the rest of 2022? As the two of you, whether you recognize it or not, are soothsayers of forces beyond our control. Oh, I've always recognized it. I, I predicted September 11th. Um, I knew Donald Trump was going to be president. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm more, I'm more, can we just rewind for a second? I want to kind of, can we go back to the first one? Like, to September 11th? Yeah. Well, I moved to New York in the year 2000 and I was preoccupied with, there was a lot of reporting at the time that like there was a lot of chatter, as they say, in the mm-hmm. intelligence community and that. That people, that there was anticipation of a larger. This is why it's always been so baffling to me because there'd been all this chatter that there was probably going to be a terrorist attack in the United States and the World Trade Center was a target. Mm-hmm. And I was just fixated on it for like 18 months. And I wrote a song called As New York Becomes Atlantis, which was about New York sinking into the ocean. And so, and it started happening that morning. And I thought that like, my predictions were coming true. So Much here, like my prediction that we will all be devoured by a pack of wild dogs. <laughs> Here's I, I would just just one more quick quick question. I just yeah, want to say, ask away. Yeah, yeah. Do you mean everyone in this room or do you mean everyone in general or um Well, I think that Billy is likely to be the first to go when, <laughs> when the wild dogs come. I'm going to grab this mic stand and I'm going to be fucking Jousting the little motherfuckers. So, I think I'm actually so, going to be okay. This is so going to happen. Grab, he's he's done. He's, Michael's <laughs> done. Michael's done. I'll be all right. Here's what you don't know about Miles. Miles is a prepper, charismatic cult leader without a cult. Like, so the whole him predicting things and them coming to be like, get this man a cult. That's all I'm saying. Like, get this man some followers. You guys want to join? Yeah, that sounds kind of fun. I, no, I would I would easily be, uh, you know, led down the the uh, the garden path by Miles. He's yeah. got he's, he've got a certain charisma. He's got a way. Him. Yeah, that way less serenity. How do you think he got me to marry him? I mean, uh, no. <laughs> fell under his spell. Let's pivot for a second. Um, so one of my favorite tracks on the album is "Lemon Trees," a song, and I'm I'm parsing a quote of yours from the Muso Muso blog um, that's about. The possibility of moving somewhere you can breathe and grow plants on the earth and that by hanging around the city trying not to miss anything maybe you're actually missing out on a whole life 
Mm. We had talked about this a little bit. Is that just a direct pull from the press release? Didn't you write that? Yeah. 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 It's a a quote that we gave. Oh, it's a quote that we gave. Yeah. 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 Weird. (laughs) I think this is a really beautiful sentiment, as I want to say. (laughs) And it gets to the core of this anxiety that like a lot of creative folks feel that we're kind of grounded in this urban environment Mm -hmm. for myriad reasons, whether they're professional or creative. And we've talked about this a little bit, but I was just wanted to ask, like, you know, as the two of you split your time between Vermont and New York City, do you feel do you feel increasingly more vindicated about this uh, about this aspiration, or is there still, you know, a degree of doubt that's you know like zero? So, (laughs) so I first I wrote that song, but like after we had been in California, actually, and visiting Miles's mom who lives out there, and for a long time I've I grew grew up and who grew lemon trees. And I grew up in Vermont in the middle of nowhere and I've been in the city for like almost nine years. And I think for a while there's been that pull of like every time I go home, I'm just like, oh my God, I feel so much less anxious. I feel like I have room to breathe. I feel really centered and content. And then I come back to New York and I'm like, "Uh, this is cool too, I guess. Um, and I think that being there for an extended period of time, that feeling of like, oh, I should go back to New York rather than getting stronger, like it faded. Like mm-hmm. it just, I didn't feel like I was missing anything. Yeah, to dir- I mean, to directly answer your question, no, no. no. Yeah. Uh, 100%. It's better when I get back there. I'm like, oh, here, I've been avoiding real life by being in new york which is Mm -hmm. just distraction and oh you can't leave new york because you'll miss something but the things you might miss are always the same like if you've lived for five years in this city that's all you've experienced everything that it has to offer you you, think you think so well i mean i like i don't know i've lived in new york for 22 years and it's like it's all the it's all the same it's not bad but Mm -hmm. but um that the feeling that so many people feel compelling, which is like, I'm going to miss something exciting and new. That's always the same. It's like the exciting new thing. It's like, it can only be repackaged so many times. And I've seen everything repackaged and resold as new. It's cyclical. Is it's cyclical. Saying. And I just like, there's more to life than that. And some people are good at going to a deeper level and finding more than that here. Mm-hmm. I find it difficult and I need space and quietude and isolation in order to get uh, emotionally and spiritually where I'm trying to go in life because I like I, I I believe that we we have purpose as individuals and we should seek deeper truth and meaning and try and understand the world mm-hmm. and for me I'm at a point where I there's nothing for me to find out about life or humanity or myself in this city it's fine i like it here it's there's very convenient mm-hmm. a lot of my friends are here but there's it doesn't have any more answers for me mm-hmm. about um life or why we live it or what it means or you know it's just there's just doesn't have anything to offer me there mm-hmm. so i guess like on a personal level and i'm going to this is sort of something that I would like listeners to think about um, because I think a lot of us have been in this position. Certainly I have been, you know, I've only been here for, you know, before going on five years now. Um, I guess like what was the moment that you feel like you knew that it was all right to leave New York? 
Um, mm. And, and I, w- I would love that que- the answer to this question to contextualize our, our listen to Lemon Tree. Well, it happened to us by accident, I feel like, is part of what's important about that for us. We left New York on March 13th, 2020. We were going up to Vermont for right, yeah. a long weekend for to do wedding planning. And then, you know, shit hit the fan and we just never left. And after... Well, I came back to go up. Yeah, yeah. We came back and like grabbed stuff, but we just, for the most part, were there. And... I feel like it was gradual. Like, I don't feel like there was a moment where I was like, oh, yeah, like, yes, it's okay. We're we're now here. It just sort of happened. And then I came to realize that it felt really good. (laughs) I think that having been in New York a little bit longer and having been very ready to leave for a long time, again, not because I hate it here, but because I feel that it has little to offer me in terms of personal growth, um, Right away. I was just like, <laughs> yes, this is what I wanted. This is better. That's true. I am as happy as I've ever been. That's true. And like, yeah, right away. I was just like, because you were just it. like, this is what I want. You're yeah. a hermit and you could just toil away at your projects and build stuff and be alone. And all, but also hang out with me. Yeah. Because I'm fun. <laughs> yeah. Great fun. I guess the answer uh, that I'm surmising for both of you is that you just know when you know. You know when you know. You like the smell So I'll grow I'll grow
So we've talked extensively about your music, but I'd be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about influences, at least momentarily, on this episode. Um, you've cited Dinosaur Jr. and Yola Tango is uh, important to you, and last year you released a delightful cover of a folk staple, If I Were a Carpenter. I was curious if there were any other tracks or artists that you feel have had a significant influence on you and your craft that you've wanted to give the drug couple treatment maybe sometime in the future. I think we've... I've long lobbied for us to do an entire album of covers called Under the Covers with mm-hmm. Drug Couple. Um, and there's like a running list of things, but it's constantly getting added to. Mm-hmm. I, I think that giving the drug couple treatment, it's cool when you have a band where you as you can run anything through the band filter. Mm-hmm. That's that's what like having a band, air mm-hmm. quotes, that has a sound it means to me. Um so it's it's whatever it's whatever is inspiring at the time. We spent a shit ton of time driving around in a pickup truck listening yeah. to pop country radio mm-hmm. when we were in Vermont, and like that has been a real loving it inspiration for us. I struggle with pop radio in general, not country pop radio. To mm-hmm. me, I'm like, this feels good. Feels good. Feels good. You know, it's like hot ninety seven in, in the city, froggy. <laughs> Froggy, Froggy in the country. Froggy. Yeah. All the way from Burlington to Montpelier. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, influences. There's a terrifying amount of music just available on our phones instantaneously. Mm-hmm. You already mentioned Yola Tango, but I mean, I think for us, like, that's like our platonic ideal of like, if we could just become another band it would be Yola Tango yeah they're the best band. they're the best band and um Greg agrees it's yeah. perfect they're a couple yeah. they've had this like long decades long career yeah. they've got a solid fan base but they're not too big mm-hmm. you know they're really in that sweet spot they're aren't really they in they're in the spot. sweetest of spots yeah <laughs> like that is that is perfect Thank you so much, Becca and Miles, for coming on the podcast. Um, my penultimate question for the two of you Thanks is: for us. Yeah, no, this has been this has been very special. Um, my penultimate question for the two of you is: uh, What's next for Drug Couple? I feel like there's always something like in the works for the two of y'all, and I, I'm really curious if you can share anything about what's uh, what's on the horizon. Well, we're I, we're, we, we're talking the... about this in the in the non-recording times, but we're pressing uh, Stone Week into vinyl. I think we can like publicly. Oh, yeah. Say that. That wasn't gonna be my answer. That was not? No. Oh, well that's that's something cool. I'm excited about no, that. That's very that's yeah, we just got the, right the, the test pressings and and we got to listen to it on vinyl and it just it sounds really incredible and we're really excited about that. I'm really excited about that. Yeah. It's the most exciting excited I've ever been to get a record back yeah. on, on vinyl. It just sounds so good. I'm so proud of it. Yeah. Which is an interesting feeling. Yeah. It's like, oh, this sounds amazing. I'm so happy with it. But we're also uh, <clears throat> redoing the studio in the barn and uh, embarking on the next record, too. We're yeah. deep into tracking on the next set of songs. Yeah, which the other day you said to me, maybe it should be a double album. Oh, wow. Yeah, I always say that. Yeah, we got, <laughs> this is a, yeah. Because I always start with a lot of yeah. songs and winnow it down, but... Not far enough. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, can't wait to hear it. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we'll listen to an already released drug couple track, which uh, y'all have been kind enough to play for us in the studio. What can you tell us about the last song we're going to listen to, mm. Ben and Bongo? Um, I've this song we wrote. This is kind of related to what we were saying about being in sort of like the magic place, but we wrote this song um, when we were camping at this place called Camp Here Here in the Catskills, which is this really beautiful, cool place with like Very amazing awesome food. Place. And and um, we we wrote it in a tent together and we were there to play. And then we played it that night for our new friends, dog and human alike. Um and it's very near and dear to us. We really love it. Startle me love, cold in the heat, long gravel road leading down to me. Summer ain't long and long to you know. Drinking by the furnace on a Mexico. Yeah. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Local Bops. This podcast was recorded in Bushwick, Brooklyn, and produced by my friend and king of carrot flowers, Billy Coglin, a.k.a. Bilko. If you enjoyed Drug Couple's performance, you can find all of their music at drugcouplemusic.bandcamp.com. Be sure to follow them on Instagram as well, at Drug Couple. You can find all episodes of the Local Bops podcast at localbops.com, as well as on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Additionally, you can hear the Local Bops radio hour every other Tuesday on kpis.fm. Thanks for tuning in. Take care and Godspeed.